How you doing? This is so much fun. I look forward. I look forward to the pastors. I, this is a bright spot in my week. I don't. I don't know if I've told you that before. Yeah, I don't look forward to this at all. It's awkward. It's not my favorite thing. Well, I'm reading your body language. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. You seem very troubled. Well, actually, I'm turning toward you with my arm around you, so <laughs> you're not a very good reader. But you're... I would say you're body language illiterate if I was guessing. But you're choking me from behind. I am. There is the claw that's coming around the edge there. Yeah, this is, I've told you before, this is the funnest thing that I do every week right now. Oh, certainly the you funniest may... thing that I do every week. I didn't week. know the rest of your life was going so poorly. As it turns, <laughs> as it turns out. No, I thought right, right <laughs> off the bat for this is the you know this is the the closing of, of season two. This is episode. Wait, 10. wait, who decided that? I did. Okay, so because you told me I could. All right, so executive decision. You're catching the last episode in season two, but we're still unscripted. So like we haven't planned a finale. Like there's not like a. But I bet we can make this one. Well, we could do what we did last time, which was which was. We did an after party when we launched season <laughs> that is one. True. That's we did true. something afterwards, so we can do something after this. That'll be fun. So, season three. Oh, I haven't even decided if there's going to be a season three yet. Let me think. Executive oh, decision again. Oh, my gosh. Hold on. That just made me sad. Yep, we're doing season three. Good. Just decided. Oh, my gosh. That was suspenseful. I'm thinking we might add one new feature. <laughs> just we're going to eliminate sponsorships <laughs> nope nope we're still going to shoot for sponsorship although season two right now is technically unsponsored although it's partially sponsored by born to be wild and partly wrong roger's <laughs> latest book Our, which yes. means we're sponsoring it ourselves so yeah I mean, I guess we could say sponsored by eBay, but that would, if you could get eBay, like, corporate on board, that would that, be huge. That would, yes. That would be very large. Right. Um, probably not happening, but I'll... I don't have... I'll, I don't have I'll talk to like my people. <laughs> okay, you talk to your people. Um, no, I was going to say we could add maybe a script in season three. <laughs> well, you... You don't want to do unscripted? No, I love unscripted. I, I I still love the idea that we pitched in season one where listeners, all 13 of them, can... <laughs> That's you, Mom. <laughs> ...can send us things that they want us to talk about. And then we pull it out of a hat. In other words, this is great. This is all happening. This is coming right together right now. We can have our listeners determine whether or not there will be a season three. Because we may get on to the next podcast go, hey, season three, episode one. No one sent us anything, nothing to talk about, signing off. And it's your fault. Yeah, I love that, that blame shifting. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, yeah. The other thing I thought I'm we could do, that. which could be fun, is at least once during season three, we should have a special guest. Someone that could sit in the middle here, we'll call this the hot seat, right in and between us. And we could us. both put our arms around them? Well, you know, if it was David, that would, he would, he would. <laughs> our brother Dave? Yes, he would squinch up like, please tell me this is not happening. <laughs> This is my... Oh, wait, wait, wait. We have a new sponsor over there in the corner. <laughs> Invest Your Life. All righty. Thank you. We love you. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Not going to lie. So I, you know, with this change in the weather, do you, do you have a favorite season? Do you have one that you really like 
of the four. Now we're getting in that with this cooler weather today. Do you have a favorite? I do. All right. Well, <laughs> I decided I want to make today's podcast a lot of work for Roger. <laughs> just give him one word answers and just see how he does with it. Awkward. Yes, yes <laughs> right. I do. Just do the one word. <laughs> Which one is it? Fall. Why is it your favorite? Cold. <laughs> is there any other reason? Football. <laughs> we can make a sort of an interview style. I love that. No, this is easily my favorite time of year, other than I get seasonal allergies. A lot of people get allergies in the spring. I typically don't have spring allergies, but I get fall allergies. So I've been real snotty when the leaves start falling and the sap starts running and we're getting sap all over our vehicles. We've got a maple tree that just yeah. drops it like nonstop. Okay. So, yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. Hey, you know what I did over the weekend? Well, I, I think I do. <laughs> Why don't you tell them what I did over the weekend? <laughs> Two can play this game. <laughs> Two can play this game. <laughs> uh, no, I don't I, know what you did. <laughs> I built a garage where there was an originally a garage. And originally? <laughs> and ori No, no. You where originally there was a garage. So we have a 1977 house that apparently when people bought it way back when, they decided we don't need a garage. So let's just make a little seven foot by 11 foot area and we'll call that the garage. That's just enough to keep the garage door on there and let it go back on its little runners. And the rest will turn into like a room. And I used it for my study the first five, six years. Then Zach was growing up and we turned it into a rec room. So yep. we had the pool table in there and ping pong <laughs> and darts and TV games and all that. And last weekend it became, first time probably since 1977, from what I can tell, a garage again. So now you can pull the car right up in it. You can you can do oil changes in the privacy of your own home, <laughs> literally, which is not. And it's heated and cooled, which is nice. I've never had a garage that was heated and cooled. Right. So no, that's a yeah, that's it's a nice feature. You got to admit. Right. Well, there was this. Well, I say this. Yeah, huge wave of turning garages into rooms, home space. Right. Marlene and I did it to our 1995 home. Right. So, but it's not nearly as common to turn it back into... A garage. And it's funny, whenever people would do that, they would try and make it look like there was a garage that was never there, but you could always oh, tell. Oh, you always knew the you house. Could, you could always... You may as well just leave the garage door there. Right. It's like... Our mom and dad put French doors. Remember the French patio doors on yes. the front of theirs on... on That'll do it. Ridge. No one will ever know a garage was here. I think the closest I've ever seen was our house at Burgreen. The problem is, you know why you can always tell a garage has been there? Because the driveway, driveway slopes into it. Right. I mean, it's real clear that there was a garage there. Right. So now our driveway actually goes to a garage. The funny yes. thing about this one is they left the garage door in a 7 by 11 space, like what you can do tools. So for the last 15, 16 years we've lived in that house, I've had an area to do work yeah. on a workbench and tools, but now I've got the garage. It's part of the whole empty nesting thing. Which we're moving toward rapidly. <laughs> I I know we've reached it a couple of times before, but this time it's for real. Hey, Zach started a new job today. Oh, good. Yeah, it's good. So, what do you want to talk about today, Raj? <laughs> That's all I have to say about the Martin family. So, I thought it'd be fun maybe to talk about um, rules. And the holy kiss. <laughs> because it ties to that thing. 
I'm the Segway King. I can pretty much Segway anything. How does rules and the Holy Kiss Segway? We're going to stay tuned. Before the end of this broadcast, you're gonna know. you'll see how Bruce plans to Segway. So, so why do you want to talk about rules? Well, first I thought, it. Uh, do you remember? No. Rules we grew up with. So I was just thinking, I wonder if we could name some rules. I'm talking about in our household. So there was... Well, you couldn't say ain't. <laughs> or shut up. Or fart. <laughs> no. And there was a lot of other words that I hope Roger doesn't say in case mom's listening. That so we... There was a whole lot of rules yeah. around words you couldn't say. Okay. So and we, in fact, there was euphemisms. Right. So it wasn't the real word... Now, for whatever reason, you could say passing gas all day, which is just funnier to me. <laughs> it's just funny. Right. Hey, here's some gas. I'm going to pass it to you. What? Nobody does that. Nobody Somehow, passes gas. fart was offensive. I guess it's an F word, so that... And it's four letters. <laughs> it's four letters. So that pretty much it's That was done. anything that began with F and four letters, we had... We, we couldn't even eat with a... We had to eat with a spoon, so... <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Uh, some other rules. So there was one about matches. <laughs> we can't play with matches. I thought that was just David's rule. <laughs> well, that turns out to be a rule, I think, after maybe one of us did play with matches and it didn't go well. well. <laughs> David nearly burnt the entire house down when he poured gasoline on the floor of the garage and set it afire with a match. After that, did we have the no playing with gas rule? <laughs> I think there was that. There was the no playing with gas rule. Uh don't run in the house with scissors. No scuffling on the divan. Stop hitting your sister. <laughs> you need to share. That was a rule. And um, then you had to apologize. No like more than one bowl of a sugar-sweetened cereal. Do you remember that rule? You know how I got around that one? <laughs> that could be the whole fun of this episode, is talking about how you Which, got around the rules. Well, that's true. I got a mixing bowl, one of the big mixing bowls, right. and I emptied the entire thing of Captain Crunch in it, and I said, look, I'm only having one bowl. That was great. When you have six kids, sweetened cereal does not last very long in the house, because mom didn't buy it very often. We, we grew up on Cheerios and Wheaties and these shredded, hideous shredded wheat. <laughs> shredded wheat. Yeah, that was, um, occasionally, I think, you could get it with sugar, but I, on it. No, no, no. But we didn't get it. I think we just that got was the frosted plain. mini wheats. Fro but oh. shredded wheat. Let's. I mean, it was like shredded card paper. If you've ever had it, for any of our listeners out there, I mean, it's. Woo! You got to be hardcore. I mean, you got to be serious about heart health to do that. So, so we had a funny relationship with rules. Um. So it was just funny to me even that you would say that you were even trying to keep a rule because. Maybe of all the kids, you seem to be the one who was least concerned about the rules. Well, <laughs> so why are you even concerned about that I bowl? I was a lawyer at heart, so <laughs> I would find loopholes right. to the rules. So we had another rule when we, were, when we once we started driving: no single dating. Which, by the way, in case you're wondering what single dating versus double dating, <laughs> double dating would sound like you're on a date with another person. Single dating would mean you're dating alone. <laughs> But what that meant was you couldn't have a girl alone with you in the car on a date. So I found some clever ways to double date as a single. <laughs> Which just basically was lying, right? <laughs> well, it only had to be true for a split second for it to be true. 
So if we, we saw if we saw someone else at the movie theater, which we also weren't allowed to go to, that was on a date, that in that amazing. moment we double dated. Right. Who are you with tonight? Roger and Joy. <laughs> I thought they went. We saw them. <laughs> they were. Saw them when hey, they Raj, left. Saw them when they left the house. <laughs> double date. Okay, so um, that's probably not where you were going, but no, no, that's exactly where I. Um, I'm not a rule keeper. Never have been. Um, and I've mine was kind of an interesting. A rule at one level always felt like a little bit of a dare to me. It certainly, really, if I was told not to do, you know, you really suddenly very much want to do it. Well, Paul talked about that. Yep. So that ended up being a thing uh, that I think he was reading my mind on that. Um, I was that person hmm. <laughs> who would try to keep the letter of the rule and it was, I think that's probably similar in yeah. some ways um, so I'd figure out a way of saying something that was true but entirely misleading I was going to say misleading right um, which is another word for deceit exactly so <laughs> did you take my checkbook did you take oh I don't have it I'm and so I you didn't answer whether or not you took the checkbook. You just said and I, I gave an answer. I don't have it because I put it someplace else. Now the backstory there. At one point, I think when I was in first grade, I got my parents' checkbook, wrote a check for five hundred dollars, took it to my first grade teacher, and said I wanted five hundred pencils. Did you really? <laughs> really happened. Okay. I just, there's so many places we could go with this. That was number one. <laughs> Roger's greatest fantasy as a first grader was the joy of owning 500 pencils. I mean, I could see 500 boxes of sugar babies. You know what it was? I realized I found a check somewhere in the house. Okay. And you thought, boy, I can't wait to get some pencils. (laughs) I knew it was money. And the only, so. You you have to tender that money. Right, you've got to turn it in in to get something in return. In a moment of madness, maybe at a teacher's desk, there was a, came up with a case of pencils or something. I want to give you this check for those pencils. You just actually wanted to, to, to commit a transaction. I just did my first transaction. I gave my teacher a check. And yes. She handed me a plethora of pencils. So answer me this. Okay. Was Jesus a rule keeper? What, Jesus and rules. Now, that's fascinating to me. Was Jesus a rule keeper? <clears throat> I'm going to say no, Bob. <laughs> Partly because you called me Bob in the last podcast, and I didn't understand it then. <laughs> of course you did, Bob. <laughs> it's the Bob and Bob show today. Well, no, so... He's a, he's a tough read on rules. I read him this morning on rules. In Matthew chapter 5, it's so interesting that we're having this discussion. This really is unscripted. I had no idea. But I was reading in Matthew chapter 5, and he talks about, to all the rule keepers, he said, understand this. He said, I didn't come to abolish the law, which some people thought he was a rule breaker, so he's going to abolish the law. He said, I've come to fulfill it. So this is why he's a tough read. I've come to fulfill it. Understand this. There's not a single, the smallest Greek letter, iota. Mm -hmm. There's not the smallest thing or stroke of a pen that will be left out until everything is accomplished. But then he turns the corner... And I believe he explains the kingdom now. This okay. is the way of the kingdom. Because he goes, 
I'll tell you the truth. He said, he said, your your righteousness had to exceed that of the, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, which were rule keepers, and they were keeping those laws, although Jesus pointed out where they had a fine way of setting aside the rules of God, the law of God, for their own traditions. So this is where it not, gets... But not, not unlike you and I did when we were kids, uh-huh. we would find a way of keeping the rule, <laughs> at, but while actually... Circumventing but, the rule. While circumventing it. Yes. We were we're Pharisees at heart. I mean, we did what they. Anyway, I think I interrupted you, but it's fun. I lost my train of thought now. It was I was on a roll. You were. I was. You just were. Going, and now there's just the plane there's, was about to land, and we got to take it back up in the air. There's nothing there. But back to Jesus, I think we can always we can't go wrong there. He would talk about you have heard it said, and it, well, it was read to them from from the law of God, the law of Moses. Yeah. Do not kill. Don't commit murder. And then he goes into this long, I didn't realize how long it was, this long spiel of how do you handle anger. And there's this idea of not retaliating and not crying out, you fool. I remember when we used to read that, you know, dad would read it in devotions. And if one of us, the worst thing you could call, this is another, you could call someone was fool. Because we were in danger of the fires of hell if we, I just remember all of that. Yep. But Jesus talks about what do you do with that anger? And he talks about what do you do with that in relation to a brother and what do you do with that in relation to an adversary. And yeah. the idea was both times be reconciled. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, Jesus fulfilled all of the law, even though he broke the Sabbath from their rule-keeping perspective. Yeah. And, 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 of course, at one level, he ends up saying at points, I'm the Lord of the rules. I, and it's... So he can define them. Mm-hmm. He can also, even as you're saying, come to a point where, <clears throat> and fulfill, I think, is that important word. There's this point where, at this point, it says, he declared all foods clean. clean. And I was reading, I mean, it was Tim Keller talking about this this week, but <clears throat> the fascinating piece was, they're not negating a rule, not changing a rule. <clears throat> He's basically saying, that's time period is fulfilled. The period for that rule... It's, it had it had its place, but I've come now. The rule has been fulfilled, so now that's not. Uh, well, but even, he could do that. He's because he, he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He's right. the Lord of the. And 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 the writer of Hebrews argues that he said this is now obsolete. The the new has come, so let's 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 go and let's pursue the new. Yeah, obsolete's an interesting word. I don't, I've never looked at that Greek Greek word what it actually meant in their culture, but yeah, it's, it is different. Something being fulfilled. In other words, it's even like we were talking about COVID this morning and even all the um, the guidelines around masks and social distancing and how many how large groups of people and how many can gather. and A lot, some, of, lot of rules. A lot of rules. And a lot of people are, are interpreting interpreting those rules differently. So you have, some, <laughs> it's, it's true. you have some NFL stadiums with no people in them. You have other NFL stadiums, which I saw Sunday, with clusters of people, mm-hmm. family groups or people that were already together, mm-hmm. which I think is a great idea, by the way. Just the idea of no fans is is well frankly it's weird it's disturbing it's disturbing it's like it's i i watched a guy win the u.s open with this incredible putt on the last hole and two people clapped and he gave a huge fist fist pump like there was millions and i guarantee there was millions of people watching that were fist that were yep but you just couldn't hear any of it what you heard was the polite two people golf clap so but with the, with the covid regulations at some point those will be lifted 
Yep. The time of the pandemic, we're clear from that. Because it'll be fulfilled. It'll be fulfilled. Right. It will have it will have served its purpose. I like where you're going with well, it's this. An intriguing, it is an intriguing thing um, to even think about mm-hmm. where a rule or a guideline God gave. It becomes fulfilled. Right. Had a time period. Wow. Had fulfillment. Um, but, but... I can come up with a lot of rules that I think are fulfilled. <laughs> yeah. That was fulfilled. Okay, that was fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, no need for that anymore. Uh, but that's where we get into the only person that's what you said Jesus could do who because, can declare them right. fulfilled. So where Jesus says, this one's fulfilled. This one, but, but then Jesus, this is where he was so weird on rules, or this is where he's such a tough read. There were times where it felt like he was adding new rules or or he was holding people to a standard, an expectation that wasn't a rule. So I had one of these moments a couple weeks ago. I know what you're talking about. So I'm reading and he's talking once again to the these rule keepers. And by the way, I'm this person that doesn't see the Pharisees and the teachers of the laws as these ornery, mean old, just cantankerous. Um, I would compare them to people... Who even now you can you can look at people very concerned about COVID. Are people keeping the rules because we want to be safe? They wanted to be right with God. They wanted to make sure every rule was kept, not just because they were idiots somehow, or that rule keeping was very very important to them. So Jesus is having this conversation with them, and he says, "You guys are great rule keepers." He said, "You know, you guys. In fact." Our, the rule about tithing and, and giving God and, and setting aside 10% to God, I mean, you have your your herb gardens and you take a tenth. and you, So you've taken... 10% of the garlic salt? Exactly. 10% of the sesame? We're going to send that to the homeless shelter. We're yep. gonna, however we're going yep. to... So they were meticulous with the rules. And he said, but then he says, you've neglected the weightier matters of the law justice and mercy so in my brain i had never thought about this i'm 59 years old and i never thought about this and i've been a pastor for years what was the rule on mercy so i'm thinking in the old testament what was the law about merciful <clears throat> so i'm looking um so the ten commandments let's see if we can so the ten commandments love lord hurt look mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That was the that was that was the, the worst attempt version. <laughs> that got them all right there. I went one through ten. Kevin. So yeah. So set aside the Sabbath. No other gods before you. Don't take my name in vain. Honor your father and mother. Uh, don't commit adultery. Don't no steal, graven images. Don't kill. No covening, which was kind of that fun one in there. Um, no false. Slamming. No lying. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, so in the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, and there's not a, there's not a word about mercy. So then I did this. I started looking through the pages of the Old Testament. <clears throat> started looking, and so I'm looking at the Law of Moses, and I'm looking at all the instruction he's given. There's no place where he says, be merciful. There's no place. So I'm going through, and so I'm starting to go through the prophets. Now, there are a number of things about justice. Yeah. There are another of things about... Um, but, and then I found it. Then, then the, the closest thing, you're getting right near the end. I don't know if it was Zechariah or whatever. Then there's this word. You read word. the entire Old Testament in the last two weeks? <laughs> wow. I bet you did a little con- 
concordance search. I did a search on mercy and mercy and merciful. Done that many times. And I read the entire Old Testament. (laughs) (laughs) And might have been Zechariah. Then there's this word where God says, I want you to be merciful. And is that the context of I desire mercy, not sacrifice? No. Because Jesus quotes that earlier. Right. And again, here's the thing. I desire, I value <clears throat> yep. mercy, which can even be different than a command. I'm thinking mm-hmm. about, right. So I'm thinking about rules, and I realize how, how challenging it would have been. Jesus actually is holding them responsible for something for which there had not been a rule. He says, you should have been merciful. In fact, he's actually... now. Then, so I'm starting to unpack this in my brain. Yeah. It's part of the challenge for rule keepers of that God is only concerned. And this is what I'm running into at different points. And I see this in my own heart. I see this in the Christian community where I'm just going to look and see, is there a rule where I have to do that? Is there a rule where I... So I only need to confess when this happens. I only need to acknowledge... um, you know, even talking to people, maybe you know about whether or not perhaps we should collectively, as as the white community, apologize for the sins of our forefathers and the sins of our community against our black brothers and sisters. And sometimes one of the things I'm getting pushed back on is I've looked all through the Bible. I haven't seen any rule on that. It, where I'm saying where it's there's no place where God says you have to do that. Let's go back and apologize. But I'm looking, this is exactly what they could have said to Jesus when he's saying this. Wait, there's no word about mercy in the Ten Commandments. There, I, I look through all the law of Moses. There's yep. not a single, about all the laws of Moses, there's not a single law about being merciful. And that Jesus is, is calling. The, so I'm looking, and what hit me was... The standard he was holding them to was not rules. The standard was the heart of God. But, well, and that's back to Matthew 5, because he finishes that whole section by saying, I want you to love your enemies. Yes. Therefore, be merciful as your heavenly Father Why? is merciful. I want you to be perfect like your heavenly, like your Father, heavenly Father is perfect. So it, it talks about he, he extends mercy to the righteous and the unrighteous. Wherever you found yourself on that continuum, he extends mercy to the righteous and the unrighteous alike. This is this thing of he calls us to extend mercy to both enemy and brother. Mm-hmm. And it, that's the, even the, even when he talked about being reconciled earlier. He talked about a brother. You're, gonna, you're going to, to offer your gift to God. And he's like, no, you remember a brother has something against you. Go and be reconciled to him. He said, oh, you're on your way to court, which is different than on your way to the temple. But on your way to court, he said, you need to be reconciled with that adversary, yes. ASAP. Yeah. In other words, it's reconciled human relationships. So I was thinking in the Old Testament. So there was laws around compassion or even compassionate justice in that, like the gleaning of the field to be left for the poor. Mm-hmm. In other words, there was rules right. about to care for the poor in certain ways, right. which were merciful. Not mercy in the sense of the absence of judgment for something being right. wrong, but more an act of unmerited favor or, or graciousness toward a person right. who's without. So, But they missed the whole heart of that. And, see, and there's which the key is what word. Jesus gets to. Right. This is the key, and this is what is so both convicting, but I think it's important to talk about, is you can keep rules and miss the heart right. of God. 
God was never about us being rule keepers. This is what I, I just remember growing up as kids. And of course, for kids, you have to work out of rules. In fact, that's you. Right. But the, the goal of a parent, you're giving right. kids rules on the way to change in their heart. I even had this comical moment is you can't have a rule about mercy. I was thinking, but I mean, it's like telling your kids, okay, be merciful to your sister. We don't have a category. It's it's not tangible enough. It's it's not a so with kids, you're having rules, but at some point you don't want them to just you want something to become their heart. So the rule in our household that when you hit somebody or you took something there's mom and dad would make us go apologize. That was a rule. They would force us to do that. Now what we knew is it couldn't it, that wouldn't necessarily mean our heart was in it. In fact, if our heart wasn't in it, we'd make sure it wasn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> Say it nicely. I'm sorry. It, because, <laughs> so you're giving the rule. I don't have the heart yet. Kids, you're giving the rule. But the goal, whole goal is to get to, the whole point is you want them to have a heart of kindness. You want them to have a humble heart where they can acknowledge. Well, and a heart toward reconciliation, too. You can come yes. to a person and say, I'm sorry. An apology. I'm sorry. I've, I've wronged you in some way. That's the first step in reconciliation. The person never acknowledges that, that right. they've hurt or they've taken yes. or they've... So, and I think this is what's so critical. Rules were only a part <clears throat> of helping us to get to the heart of God. There were certain rules about eye for an eye that were about justice. But then we could even turn those into a weapon, you know. Um, oh, someone did this to me, so I can do something back to them. So this was intended to provide justice. It was a rule about... We're not just going to ignore wrong, but but now it could be an excuse for mercilessness, uh, for revenge, for revenge, for anger, for and hate, and yep. and and so again, so I, this it's so significant then that Jesus is saying it was never really about the rules; it's about the heart of God. The standard of righteousness isn't the rules; it's the heart of God. Because what you did see all through the all through the time of Moses, when you look at the pages of the old, you look in the Psalms, repeatedly words about God's mercy. Yeah. God's being merciful. Jonah <coughs> is concerned, actually, about God because he's he knows God's gonna be merciful to those awful terrorist Ninevites. The psalmists and, and people would repeatedly plead to God for mercy. We want mercy. And it seems to me that what part of what Jesus is saying when he's talking and is all through the pages of the law and the prophets and the covenant, you saw a merciful God. Mm. and you're, But you're not living out that mercy. That mercy, actually, you might want from him. That mercy, but you're not extending... So he it's, could, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's almost trying to establish rules for love, and, and of course that that yes. was that that is. If I look, that's the singular command of Christ. If I look right. at all of the commands of Christ, it's it's all, all around love, and Jesus would give us sp specific expressions of that. I even think well, when I think about love your enemies, he would say, "Here's some expressions for that. If someone right. steals from you, don't demand it back. Instead, give it to them." So it was, but he wasn't even trying to make that a rule. Oh, right. did you give it back to him, or it, did in your heart you want it? I mean, because yes, because <laughs> I felt myself pulled to. If, if you have rule thinking, which I've had for many, many, 
oh, he's giving a new rule right. that, that, that I've got to follow the rule. Right. To keep God happy. And how could I get out of the heart of God and still keep the rule? Oh, I've never done that. I could, I could not demand it back. I could give it to you, and then I could steal it. But, no, it's just an interesting... So could you have rules around love? I, I, Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 13. Here's characteristics of love. Jesus talks about specific expressions of love through forgiveness, through right. how you treat an enemy. But you can't... There's no way to give everyone all the rules about what's the most loving thing that I can do in this situation. Yes. But, right. but God wants me to think that way. Right. God wants me to ask that question because that is the heart of God, which God is love, and he wants us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. And I do find myself more and more doing that. It's not as simple as just put a bracelet on what would Jesus do. But it is, what's the most loving thing that I can do in this circumstance? Because love has a lot of different looks. Yeah, it wasn't, it's not like he's giving us new rules, but, but he's giving us a template. He's giving us a guideline, which, so guidelines like... Um, as your father has done, so we can we can look back to how yeah. God has responded to people. We can look. We can. He sends mercy, rain on the just and the unjust. He does, um, but then he gave us the other. We'll love others as you would want to be loved. What what's yeah. what you're going to put your set? You want. So again, that's not so much a new rule, but it's this template and gui this guideline. So in any situation, and and I think this is where. When Jesus was talking to these dear religious leaders and, the, you know, he he actually says it's not you should have neglected the tithing. Right. And those that that, that uh, you should have done that along with mercy, mercy. But he's really getting back to not adding a new rule. It's get to the heart of God. So for me, the template or the standard for us right now is, is, I wonder what God would want me to do. What what would I want, if I were in this same situation, what what would I want done for me? What what kind of, and so for me, if I'm thinking about, even, so if, if I'm pressing this into the question about immigration. Now, again, part of the challenge with this is, <laughs> Rules are neater. They're easier. It's just black and white, right? We have an exact rule for what... Love is murkier. So you get to a question about how we handle immigration. Right. Well, as you said, love can't be transcribed in all these... We'd have volumes and volumes of what you do in every single situation, what love looks like. Did you know we have over 4,000 federal laws now? It's just interesting. When we started the country, there was three. From three... Wow. To four thousand in no, two and something years. Yeah, it doesn't surprise. Federal me. laws that doesn't even count. State laws, right? And it's like we have to keep. We're a mess. <laughs> adding laws to to new. <laughs> well, to to to, to, to way people, ways people got around the law, <laughs> like we did when we were kids. Like we did when we so were there's kids. So there's a there's a yeah there's another way you've got to come up with. <laughs> but but the heart of love says I'm not trying to get around this the law. What makes the, I mean, the law of love, what makes it so murky, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, that's a great word, it, it yes. complexes, I'm asking, I have to ask the question, not only what, I, what would I love in this circumstance, but, but how does that person feel loved? In other words, yes. <laughs> what I might want in a, in a situation is not what Marlena would want in the, same, in the exact same situation. So if I just gave her, extended to her exactly what I wanted, well, it's not necessarily loving for her. It, it's, it's going even deeper and going, what does 
Marlene and when I and when I think about the immigration yes. issue, I've always thought about what if I was a parent of a child because I'm a parent of a child, and I remember I was able to get him tutoring, and I'm thinking, but there's a lot of kids that don't get that that are they're immigrants and they're they don't know English as a first language, and I remember right. signing up for the Hispanic Association to help with tutoring and stuff. But part of it was driven by this. I can afford to get a tutor for my son to help him with some things that I can't help him with, but how can I use the skill set that God's given me to help others? What right. It was this thing of, do I want for others, do I want for families in Mexico what I want for my family? Do I want for families in Syria what I want for my family? And what makes it so complex now is we live in a global, global world. Yes, everything's, very complex. Everything's closer. Right. <laughs> so immigration, at one level, never affected me for years in the state, okay, I've been in Alabama and Tennessee for the past basically 50 years. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't want people coming in from Florida or no. <laughs> in other words, <laughs> I was surrounded by basically the United States in that sense. But when yes. I tra- would travel to Texas or like well, like the last two months I've traveled to California, I realized, oh wow, it's a whole different game in terms of immigration there. Right. Just the 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 number, the volume of people that are coming from different uh, family backgrounds. Right. So now we're aware of those things, and it's almost like it's it's almost like we have to we have to think about those things at a deeper level. In other words, if I lived in El Paso or something closer to the border of Mexico and Texas, that was immigration was probably on my mind on a regular basis. Yeah, sure. Because I would see I would see components of that. Right, and it might have more direct impacts, even perhaps on your local economy. Oh, absolutely, the sure. kinds of issues where. This conversation is influence again as we're thinking about immigration. Um, is we've got the challenge of okay, you have people um, who perhaps came here legally on a on a a, a visa, a temporary kind of a visa mm-hmm. or whatever. They got into whatever, and then they overstayed, or they uh, based on circumstances. Um, and then you have people who, or they had children, right? Or you have people who came in. Illegally, um, but coming from a truly crisis situation, yep. uh, under threat of life, whether it's parents coming with a child, not unlike Mary and Joseph at one point came to the border of Egypt, fearing for their child's right. life and safety or in their own. Um, and I think you can have people who've come to our borders out of desperation, who snuck across the border. So they're here. And what do we do now? And I realize part of the tension for me, then, is because I'll hear, you know, I'll talk to people and, hey, listen, they broke the law, right? So they 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 should get exactly what, if you break the law, this is, but, but my challenge is whenever I've been pulled over for speeding and the officer is walking up to my vehicle, um, I'm not hoping to get the, the full justice of the law. I'm actually wanting mercy. I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually hope. Isn't that, yeah. That's, so for yeah. me, I'm saying, I, I want mercy for me, even when I've broken a law, even when I've done something. Um, and then I look and say, I'm wanting mercy that saves me a few dollars on a ticket or perhaps my insurance, right? I mean, but now we have other people, everything but their very livelihood and and uh, people that have been in this country, do I want mercy? And so it's why I'm go- I'm going to be that one who um, let's work out some kind of restitution arrangement. Let's work out some kind of a can they make a payment? 
something that's a combination of justice and mercy because that's what I want. You know, uh, when I was stopped a couple of years ago um, for running, a, I didn't come to a complete stop. I rolled through a stop. Um, oh, a California roll. Yeah. That's what we call those. <laughs> Uh, because I was naturally in a hurry somewhere. Done that many times. Um, $110. <laughs> but, you know, what happened was I got that, and they said, well, we have this arrangement. If you go to this class, we can have that where it'll be eliminated from your record. And, and you know, in that moment, I didn't say, nope. Nope, I broke the law. Broke the law. I, I want the full extent. I want the full penalty. Um, jump up my insurance. Do No, I was thrilled for oh, mercy. Oh, and put me in jail for six months, which they can typically do for most of those. Huh? Good. Just add that to the whole Didn't thing. Didn't know that. Well, here's the, here's, that's, a, that's a great, I was going to say, because I have many times, you know, I've always gotten a ticket different than you. <laughs> right. But I have been able to exchange, mercifully, exchange said ticket for traffic school. I've gone to it three times in Alabama now. And I lost he count. Know, I he, lost count. You know Tennessee. the teachers by name. I do. Hey, Bruce, good well, to have you back. They, they asked me to come and teach the class one time. Why? This is, this is true. One time, Zach and I were in this exact same time. The instructor's like, are you guys like really father son? I'm like, yeah. He goes, Chip doesn't fall too far from the block, does it? <laughs> I said, why don't you just teach the class, buddy? Okay. But that, no, isn't that true? I don't want, so, and I've, I've thought about the immigration. How do you, you know, how do you help 10 million people that are, that are here now? Right. Stay here. Well, can they write a check? Can they pay a fine for a thousand dollars? And which would create a tremendous amount of revenue. Plus then they could, many of them that aren't paying taxes now could begin paying taxes. So in terms of a, at a revenue level, it's going right. to. I don't know, but but I, more importantly than the solution, yes, is the heart behind the solution, exactly. which is I don't want to just, I don't want everyone to get because when I hear people say rule of law now, I sort of shudder. Yep. Because I'm like, ultimately, I don't want rule of law. In other words, if rule of law was it, I can't be a part of God's kingdom. I'm I'm destined for hell and eternal separation from God because rule of law says, Bruce, yep. you're a mess. Right. You're out. And I'm like, no, I want I I need the grace and mercy. So we don't. At the end of that, a kingdom is not a kingdom of God is not purely. It's always this tension, this murky land between justice and mercy, and and here's what I think Jesus was saying then when he's talking, he said, "You've got the the rule keeping down to a a science. You've actually gotten, but you don't realize, and this is the problem with rule keeping. Rule keeping can can start blocking you from the heart of God." Actually, rule keeping, number one, can be a way of, I'm righteous enough, a way of, I don't need God's mercy or our righteousness because I've been such a good rule keeper. But also, in keeping the rules to the, the law, you can actually be missing mercy. So it's, it's why I have a little concern if the only question we're saying about undocumented aliens, immigrants in our country, if the only thing we're saying is... <laughs> undocumented aliens... I have a men in black moment. Sorry. <laughs> is is the law. Uh -huh. Well, I, I think, I'm not saying we don't. I'm not saying the law goes out the window. Just like Jesus said. Without it's, neglecting. Yeah. Right. But you've got to mix somewhere. Where does mercy mix in? Jesus is not creating a new law about mercy, but he is saying, you realize the heart of your God, the heart of the God who made you, 
was about mercy. So you've always got to be asking, what does mercy look like here? This is that word to all of us rule keepers and all of us like you and me that rule skirters. Rule skirters. I like that. I love that actually. Rule skirters. Are you thinking about mercy? And just and uh, just because it's an important topic no, no, for, the, yeah. for today for for our world's discussion right now. Even when you look at the issue of mass incarceration, whatever yes. you understand about that, when and I was watching a piece on that, but they talked about when they took away from judges the ability to extend mercy. In other words, there was mandatory sentences now. Right, didn't matter if the judge could go, hey, this kid, good kid, th- this young lady right. needs a needs 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 treatment or this. It was a mandatory sentence, so now you're just locking people up mandatorily. There was no room for no mercy. No room for mercy, yes. I mean, you took that completely <clears throat> off the table, and now you're incarcerating people at, at a rate that's unprecedented now, worldwide. Right. Worldwide. When you look at the numbers, the United States versus any other country. But but it was because right. we had a rule of law, but we took away mercy. Right. So, so wrapping all this up, yeah. Jesus says, I desire mercy. Yeah. Not sacrifice. Sacrifice was part of their rule, right? But right. but he wanted this. It's I want this more, or this is more at the heart of. Uh, go and understand what this means. Go right. Go and understand. And part of the, if we're re, if we're reflecting on God and His graciousness to us and that mercy and that compassion and what we ask for, and we're looking at the gospel because the gospel is a, at its very core, is about mercy. Yep. Now there's rule in there and so i guess it's just this call and i I just love this word that jesus gave to these dear people once again who were rule keepers and he doesn't he doesn't say you shouldn't be keeping the rules that's just the that's why he was such a tough read he doesn't but he said you've got to you've got to soak rule keeping in mercy you've you've got to keep the because ultimately, the heart of God—it's—it's it's why Father, Son, and Spirit don't need rules. There's a heart that that they have. That's a heart of love. I'm thinking about the other. I'm thinking about what I'd want for me. I'm thinking that's just that's flowing, and that's where God actually wants to get us. Is it's it's why again, heaven's not going to need rules. It's not because we will have gotten the heart of the Father, but. We're prepping for that now where God is, where Jesus is literally saying, I want you to have a heart of mercy. Don't just look through the grid of rule keeping. So, yeah, it's interesting. We have the law of love, but not the laws of love, which, yeah. would, which, would, be, which would be an oxymoron in that sense. Li- it, live out the law, the law of love. Of love. So, for season three, we're uh, we're looking for sponsors, big, <laughs> big sponsors. What kind of numbers are we looking at, Roger? <laughs> um, you know, right? Yeah, I, I'm gonna put a number that's way too low. And for those of you that are listening, we need you to go and rate us on the platform that you listen to us on, because that's supposed to be good. Because we need more listeners too. I mean, okay. I appreciate mom and our wives listening, which is awesome. But we need some more. Mom only watches a couple of minutes. I, I've checked, yeah. You can actually track how long mom watches. <laughs> we go straight back to her, like, networking her home over there in Rossville. Yeah, she was logged on for two minutes, then checked out. 
regardless of sponsorship, we yeah, we really do appreciate you guys listening in on a conversation. Um, but we do welcome feedback, and I, I do would love topics. I love the idea of topics. You can just so, send an email, just a one-word email. I don't want a long sentence, but just a one-word email with a topic to Bruce at brucewmartin.com. And uh, I'll put it in the hat for us to pull out. All right. We'll see if that works. Um, so if we end up having topics to pull out of a hat and try them, if we don't, we're still having season three. So. That's right. No pressure. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I hit Roger in the back of the head. Oh. All right. We have fun. See you next year. And we're out. <laughs>